such a good master hallelujah hallelujah sometimes I, I sing that song master savior Jesus and I just keep saying master 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 there's just something about that name master Master, Master, let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms shall all pass away, but there's something about your name. Oh yeah. Master, yes, hallelujah. We master. serve a we serve a good master. Hallelujah. We serve the master. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise you. Before we get too excited tonight, we gotta do an offering. So you guys can be seated. We get to do an offering. Yes. Thank you, Brother Tony. That's the attitude. We get to. We were getting ready for church today. We go. We get to go to church today. Praise Him. Hallelujah. What does the world get to do? They get to get to go on with life as it goes. I guess. Hallelujah. Uh, ushers, if you would serve the people with an envelope. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. If you're making a check, make it payable to Living Word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man, we have anointed worship in this place. We got anointed word. Praise God. It's good when God's on it, man. Oh, my goodness. Woo. Well, Pastor suddenly asked me to do the offering. And I thought I, I, and I, thought I knew what I was going to say. And then they, were, they went ahead and sang some anointed songs and it changed. So let's go to Mark 16, 20. And I won't take a lot of time. But I was reminded of this while worship while worship was going. Mark 16, verse 20. Yeah, right at the end of that last song, I was reminded of this. Hallelujah. We serve the Master. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, in verse 20, it says, I'll read out of the, let's do the King James first. It says, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. In the uh, Amplified, it reads, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message 
by the attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied it. Amen, and so be it. While they were, while they were singing and while, while we were joining in with worship, I was reminded, I guess I never saw it this way, that we think of that as like, yes, there's miracles that are going to follow this word. Uh, when it's preached, people will be healed. I've been healed in this service, in these services. Um, and I can't explain it other than I give it to the word. Signs follow the word preached. Um, but I was thinking about all the times pressure has tried to come and get you to quit and, and knock you out. But if you would just hold to the word, the word preached, the anointed word our pastor gives, because I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times I'm sitting in here and it's like I'm the only one in the room and she's talking directly to me. And that's why we keep coming. Because we get, we get the word that just pierces, dividing asunder of soul and spirit, gets down to the root of it, and helps us just get rid of the junk and build up the good stuff. And, and I, re I realized when a, when a word has been given, and pastor has said this, when you, when you get a word, you need to go over it and go over it and go over it and go over it. And it's not just the, the written word, it's the spoken word. So when somebody ministers a word to you, like Pastor Ike was just here, and all the ministers we've been blessed to have, they speak something to you, and you hold it. Or how about, uh, like our brother and sister, God says, and, and even Sister Alexa, God says, go to Bible school. Guess what? He will confirm the word with signs, wonders. Uh, looking back, Sonia and I, it's like, I don't know how it worked, other than we knew we were supposed to go. And when you stand on that word that, that's on the inside, it could be the inward witness. When you stand on that, he will follow through. And, and we know that he says, when you give, it shall be given. So let's stand on that tonight. He will confirm the word with signs, wonders, miracles, with the abundance uh, overflowing. I love how the one translation says in the word that with the, uh, out of the, the sack, made of the this bosom uh you're, you gird up your skirt or your loins and they, they the stuff is just pouring out there's so much being thrown to you thrown at you thrown on you brother tony and i were uh we're talking about it the other day when we prayed over the offering buckets and we said too much he said he said too much and i said you know what so much that like like he said like in the temple days when when they just said we we don't have any more room for it you know and you know the there's, there's people in the world counting money by forklift. They just, you know what? We, we just, you know what? We can't count it anymore. Put it on the scale. Just put it on the scale. He will confirm the word. He will confirm his word. It might be uh, a little, somebody hands you something here. It might be an increase at work. It might be you're walking down the street and just find something. You know, he will confirm the word. It's going to come to pass. But you got to hold to it. You got to hold to it. He's got to be your master. Uh, we were just singing all hail King Jesus. And I realized if you have that attitude in your daily life, no matter what comes up and your heart is still all hail King Jesus, you know, the devil's going to try to put pressure on you. Sorry, devil. All hail King Jesus. That's what's in my heart. He's, he's lost and he's defeated and we're victorious. So with that, I'm going to pray over the offering if you hold it up. Father God, thank you so much for confirming your word 
with signs, wonders, and miracles following it. And as your word says, amen. So be it. That's, that's the way it is. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may come forth. Sunday. But the reason, honestly, the reason I fell was because I had stepped over the rope and I thought, yeah, I made it over. Because sometimes I don't lift this up as high as I should. Okay. But you know what? Right that second, the the uh, wave came and the, the rope moved and it got in my shoe because I had sa sandals. like, And I went, oh, I went, oh, no. <laughs> but you know what? I felt a lot of people were texting me, and I, I, I felt actually um, Saturday, I was in Friday night, I was like, oh, uh, I hate to say I was really stiff, <laughs> and I woke up Sunday morning, and I felt better than I had for a week. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. God is good, because people prayed. <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> Woohoo, I felt better. Probably because I moved around more on Sunday. <laughs> Amen. 
you know what? So do I need this whole time or? Oh, hello? I want two mics. No. I found a prophetic word from Ricky Edwards on 6318. <laughs> and um, he was saying, Okay, I'm just going to read it because it's a little bit long, but uh, okay. Here in this house, you have been honored, Lord, and you are honored in this place by this group of people, you guys. We thank you, Lord, for helping all of us. My wife and I are a part of this ministry that you have brought us to because we're all pride of Fresh All Fellowship, okay? So... Um, Holy Ghost, I thank you for divine utterances by you, sir, and, I, uh, and clear understanding of the things of honor. Remember, he talked about honor. Actually, I'd like to listen to those CDs again. Okay, thank you. I thank you that we have taken not just a step, but we have taken several steps up higher to the things of God in these few days or few services. We thank you, Father. In our thinking, we have come up. So we thank you if we've come up in our thinking, we've come up in our giving, and we've come up in our receiving glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. So I, wanna, I just wanted to tell you this, that in that what he was saying right there, that when he came here, he got more utterances, divine utterances that he has never had before, and it comes from revelation knowledge. And guess what? Pastor Ike told the same thing. So they want their CDs because they go, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> I because they get divine utterances. But see, we've been, if you look at that one sheet of declarations, we're calling for the angels to bring divine utterances and divine messages to living word for years. Even the date on that isn't even right. We did it way before that. Okay. So we thank you, Lord Jesus. Should Jesus tarry and... Oh, Pastor Jackie wants us to come back next year. I had PJ. <laughs> and we, we, we come this way. There are many sitting in this room. Saith the Spirit of God that your life and the things of God around you, through you and in you, will look different. Because of the increase of understanding of honor. So, I mean, you know, that was a few years ago, so take it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> come this next year, there will be things that will be added now. Because as you begin to honor God in a greater measure, God in turn, according to his word, will honor you. Many that are in this place that work in the secular field, promotion is now coming. The increase is now coming. God will deal with the owners, and he will make sure that you are seen and things will be given to you by the owner or by the employer. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. There are about three of you in here that's had some good ideas, but you just weren't sure. In the spirit of God, as the spirit of God leaves, or leads, you, you, not a man, but if the spirit of God leads... You, God is saying, do it, the Lord's leadership, and be led and start these things and watch the hand of the Lord work as you honor him. He will honor you and watch the increase that will come. For the desire that burns deep inside of you to promote the kingdom of God is not of your own, you see. It is part of you. 
but you have to understand it is also God-given. So be honorable to see to it that that desire not just stay a desire, but becomes reality. Then you, even glory to God, glory to God, glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Master. Glory. Well, five times I put I could come to a few of you and tell you a few things. But as a whole, to this whole family here at Living Word, it's going to be different. It's going to be good, but it's going to be better. We thank you now, Lord, for those coming from north, south, east, and west, the angels of God that work with us and for us. Go now and cause the people to come. Father, those that are here, when these begin to come in, we will not let them affect us with any complaining. But instead, we will love them. We will welcome them, but we will not let them influence the way we believe. I thought that was interesting. Or talk. <laughs> but instead, they will be swayed to see the goodness of God <laughs> through the way we believe. Glory to God evermore. Thank you, Master. <laughs> That's interesting, Master. Glory to God, the goodness of God. <laughs> So, so from all of us in this place, we say to you, Master, thank you, thank you, Father, thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> it, it, none of this is coincidence that you said. I didn't even realize that was in there. <laughs> and I want to say to the congregation, thank you. We said so many things that were so, so far beyond us. Utterance is getting greatly affected by the hearer. Okay, utterances, in other words, come because you are hearers of the word. And the utterances then come to the one ministering. And you have been hearers, and the Holy Ghost has been able to say some things that have helped us. Now, Father, we will not be flippant with the sacred things in trying to be reverent, but instead we will cherish the secret truths that many would want to hear, you have shared nuggets and jewels and costly things that are valuable. And so, and we are so grateful and we cherish them. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. This church will continue to accelerate. <laughs> Wasn't that good? I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> um, now, I had this, I highly recommend, oh, I lost it now, um, that you listen to Nancy Dufresne uh, and it's at the service on, um, it was Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah. It Love will do something. Love will do something. Please, I'm, go get on YouTube and get it. Because, you know, she talked about the double anointing. And because of, of that, I'm, I'm just, I got a couple of sermons here. I had three of them, actually. <laughs> But I think this is the one I was asking the Lord to, when we were singing. Um, but she's talking about how, okay, all of this is great. You accelerate, you go higher. There's things God is doing. It's exciting. But if you don't walk in love, none of it's going to work. And you can have all, all the, you know, because love is where it's at. Yeah, faith works by love. That's right. Um, yeah, I, th I was just thinking about that one scripture, Matthew 5, uh, no, Matthew 22. You know what? There's, we'll start there. 
Matthew 22, if you'll put that up there. I'm not sure the verse down because I didn't put that down. Um. Okay, uh, verse 36. Verse 35. King James, well, yeah. Yeah, King James. It says, um, one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, tempting Jesus and saying, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Now in those days, the soul was the spirit because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. And your mind. Now, I also recommend listening to Nancy every day what she's saying because she's talking about the mind. And it is so good. She's breaking it down into tiny pieces. Those are 30 minutes long. This was, though, the service on Sunday. Love starts to bring things. And none of it's going to work without it. This is the first, a great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and great commandment. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commands hang all the law and prophets. Okay, and what, what that means is that every single thing that God tells you to do in the Bible, it hangs on love. And you know, Kenneth Copeland got a vision one time of drapes, and the drapes were on the floor. <laughs> and they had fallen because there weren't any rods. See, the rod is the word of God. Thy rod and thy staff, the rod is the word of God. And so, you know, if you're not a doer of the word of God, there's no rod and the drapes were on the floor. And he kind of, he moved them and he went, there were serpents and snakes in those drapes. See, and then he took, he took them and he said, you put the rods up, put the word up and hang, it'll hang on the word of God that you're a doer of. I'm saying it different than he did. But that's, that's, what, that's what it was. Extremely important. But see, okay, with that, we've got to be aware of what we're doing sometimes. I know that from my own self because I'll look back and I go, ooh, <laughs> ooh. I didn't even know I was doing that. You know, you might think you're really progressing and you're really great. <laughs> Not really, but I don't really think that. But okay, so with that, let's go to, I know which sermon. Okay, Matthew 7, verse 1. <laughs> and, okay, so this will be out of the Amplified. It says, Do not judge and criticize and condemn others. Why? So that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourself. For just as you judge... Okay, wait a minute. Okay, there's something we need to pay attention to. Many Christians, even non-Christians, know this. But we have got to ask ourselves... When is the last time we repented for judging someone? We all agree we shouldn't judge, but many times we judge 
and don't even realize we're doing it or don't admit to it. And if you say to someone, we better not judge, the response may even be, well, oh, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you're saying all right. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Not, not God is in the power of the tongue, not the devil's in the power of the tongue, but death and life, I mean, in the power, but <laughs> your words, amen, are coming from your own tongue. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so I had some more scriptures here in between. Um, Matthew 12, 35 through 37. And we're, we're going back to this judge thing, though. Uh, Matthew 12, since you're in there. 1235, you said? Yeah, 1235. Um, let me look at it first. Okay, uh, let's, we can do it out of the Amplified. Matthew 12, 35. Okay. The good man from his inner good treasure, the deposit actually, that means your deposit in your heart, what you putting in your heart, flings forth. If you have a good deposit in there, just like in your bank account, his inner good treasure flings forth good things. And an evil man out of his inner evil storehouse or the deposit he put in there flings forth evil things. But I tell you, and it, see, it's, it depends even what you've been talking about, what you've been looking at. And sometimes, you know, we say things See, this is getting more of a fine-tuning in these last days so that you can stand whatever is coming and you will come through it. I can tell you, you think, I'm okay. You know what? You don't realize sometimes what we are doing. <laughs> um, but I tell you, on the, not, this is not to condemn you. It's just to help you. But I tell you, on the day of judgment... Men will have to give an account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word they speak. The whole thing about it is many times the day of judgment is right away. Or the day of judgment comes, and it might even come two years later. It doesn't necessarily come after you die and you're talking to God. I think it comes on this earth. See, and all of a sudden you, well, why did this happen to me? Man, God's doing this to me. He isn't doing it. And people blame God, but you don't remember what you did two years ago or said and how you judged somebody. <laughs> but see, the, the reaping is catching up with the sower. <laughs> so it could happen just like that. So by your words, you by your words, you're justified or acquitted. Like, like in the courtroom. And by your words, you are condemned or sentenced. And you might not even remember those words. That's the worst part of that. Okay, why do I... Have, okay. Um, 
Luke 6, verse 45. And then we're going to go back to Matthew 7. says almost that same thing. Let's go into the King James on this one. A good man out of the good deposit. Here it's again he repeated it. His the store, okay, the good deposit, the storehouse in here. The treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Have you ever caught yourself speaking that way and you thought, man, what's, what's with me? See, in a, in a thing like me, <laughs> you know, I'm giving out a lot of times. Now I got to put something back in. And I think I don't have enough back in me. You got to stay full. This is a deposit you're putting in here. You need to get into the word every single day. Because of the times right now. And, okay, listen to this though. And why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and doeth them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house. Now let's say, he is like a man who built a house up his mind or his soul area and digged deep and laid the foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ. And when the flood arose, what's a flood? It's a, it's a big problem, right? It's a major problem. And the stream beat vehemently on that house and, but could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. Because the person was full of the word. Full of the word, full of the spirit, full of everything. But he that hears and doeth not... See, you got to be a doer of the word. If you just hear stuff, oh yeah, same old thing you've been saying for years. Yeah. you got to repeat that word. Are you doing it? Be a doer of the word. It's like a man without a foundation. You can imagine like these... Uh, on the beach, these in the sand, these houses, and they're on sticks. <laughs> and here comes the ocean, a hurricane. <laughs> and it collapses them, that's right. He built his house upon the earth. <laughs> Without a foundation, built a house on the earth. Against with the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. You run away from the word, you run away because you're not full enough of the word. And your life can get ruined. <laughs> and it could be too late. <laughs> you know, in some of these things that are going on. Okay. What is happening, though, a lot of times people judge right and left, and they don't call it that. They're denying there are, and we've got to admit it, we've all done it. And it's a huge problem. Why? Why shouldn't we judge? And what if we do judge? We need to repent. Yes, amen. Because none of us want to get judged. Right. And when we deny we are 
then Jesus said this for no reason. Right. You know, judge not lest you be judged. Yeah. See, that, that's what you're denying it. Okay, judging is a very serious matter. And nobody wants to be judged. <laughs> um, there's a good reason Jesus said that. You're gonna have, let's go back now to um, Matthew 7. One more, stay there. I just had a whole bunch of scriptures that went with it. Now remember, okay, verse 2 says, let's read verse 1 again. Out of the Amplifieds. Matthew 7, do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourself. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned in accordance with the measure you use to deal out to others, it'll be dealt back to you again. And you know, it could be dealt out later, a lot later. Why is this happening to me? And you better look back. Don't ever blame it on the Lord. Okay. So, okay. Um, how am I going to be dealt with? I mean, this is only fair. Okay. How am I going to be dealt with? I get dealt with the way I dealt with you. And you think, well, how come those people are being mean to me? Or they're just kind of snooping me off because you did it somewhere along the line. <laughs> you, did, you did something back there. See, that's just and fair. God is the righteous judge of all the earth, and he's qualified. <laughs> okay, again, how will I be dealt with the way I dealt with you? How I judge you is how I'll be judged. And the measure, the measure with which I judge is the measure dealt back to me. Right. A lot of Christians don't believe this or, or say it, and if they did, it would change the way yes. you deal with people immediately. Okay, in that sermon in here, she said, and that's always been my, my whole thing, be nice to people. You know what? It's better to be nice to people. They are eternal. And so, you know what? I've heard people say, how, how do people say this? If only I didn't have to deal with people. And I, I, I always answer back to them and I said, did you ever think of this? You're a people. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> and and I, because, because I like to blame, I mean, that's just the we're people. We're the ones who probably did. I mean, we're doing the same kind of thing. Well, I mean, I mean, I say that every time, and I've been saying it for since I was a kid. We're people. What are you talking about? I don't know why, but anyway, verse okay three. Why do you stare from without at the very small <laughs> particle that is in your brother's eye, but do not become aware and consider the beam. Those are beams. <laughs> of timber that's in your own eye. 
um, and a lot of times, you know, that beam of tim timber, I have a big beam of timber in my eye. I go up to John and I'm accusing him of this little teeny tiny speck that he has in his eye. And you know what? Actually, it's my timber is, is a reflection in his eye. <laughs> uh, but see, we got to look at ourselves. Uh, what else do I have? Okay. Um, most of the time we'll deny that, but it's just simple. It's happening. You say you have something in your eye. In other words, you're doing something wrong. Did you know that? Now, my job, though, is to, to say things that are in the Bible to correct. And I'm, I'm getting correct at the same time. So, and then don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't correct me. What does something in your eye mean? You have a problem, right? A defect, an issue. <laughs> I don't like the way you act and what you say, and I don't like to be around you. So you got a problem. Well, you know what? You're my problem. No. <laughs> but you don't consider that beam the bigger issue that's in your own eye. And you know what? If you think of it that way, this will prevent judging. Because if every time you notice something wrong with someone, you do this. Point to yourself. <laughs> and you see something in someone's eye, <laughs> get out the mirror. Oh, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> if, if you see something in someone's life, Examine yourself. <laughs> now, you, do you ever think about this? Just say like little innocent kids there, you know? Okay. So they probably wouldn't notice the beam in their eye because they haven't had the experience of doing it yet. You must have had that experience or you wouldn't judge other people. People who haven't done a lot of things don't judge. That's what I noticed. They haven't been in trouble much in their life or, or they're younger. They don't judge other people because they haven't experienced some of the horrible things that do people. The older you get, no, you got to really watch that. <laughs> and not really, but, um, but you wouldn't notice that unless you did that yourself or you had the experience or seen it done. See, ask the Spirit with, Holy Spirit with the Spirit of humility. Ask, do I do that? <laughs> Have I thought that? <laughs> Have I done that? Just doing that will break you from judging. If you'll be honest with yourself. So let me read verse 3 again. Um, why do you stare without at the very small particle in your brother's eye, but do not become aware and consider the beam of timber in your own eye? Okay, verse 4. Or how can you say to your brother, let me get that little particle out of your eye when there's a beam of timber in your own eye? It's talking about the person wants to straighten out another person or other people. They want to straighten them out. And they think, oh, because their life is a mess. And they preach and they correct others, 
and they have glaring issues they don't admit or deal with. Sometimes the very thing that people accuse, and I, there's a scripture for this one that I'm going to say, accuse others of, I go, doing it. You don't realize you're doing it. <laughs> okay, verse 5. We'll get to this scripture first. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> you hypocrite. <laughs> These are red words. Jesus said them. <laughs> you hypocrites. First get the beam of timber out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's eye. Hee yeah. <laughs> hee. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> see, and if you start doing that, you'll have a different attitude. Yes. You know, it, if it took time and work and others had to help you get a beam out of your eye, and it took a while for you to heal over, you'll get a different attitude. You get a humble attitude. Yes. You're more merciful yes. to people. Yes. Be understanding. Yes. Be more merciful. Yes. You know, when you see someone has a little speck in their eye instead, well, I just, you could say this, I know I went through stuff like this. And, and just let me, you know, if you, you want to talk to somebody, you know, talk to me. I, because maybe I can help you if you want it. Yeah. Because I know how it feels. That's not babying them. But how would you like if somebody did that to you? How, do you know what? That's the same thing. Some of those things, those hurts and wounds and people, some of the, that's the same thing. If a surgeon would say, well, just kick yourself in the stomach and get out of here. Shape up and ship out. <laughs> What's the same thing? Some of those are emotional things. See, if you come down on them in an accusative and critical way, you're being hypocritical <laughs> because you not know how it felt and you got vain deliverance <laughs> yourself. Now you need to be delivered from haughtiness and pride. <laughs> and you would and should, you should be coming across with mercy and kindness. Whoa. I, today I looked up... I don't even, I, I think it's in this notebook. The definition of pride, oh my gosh. There was so much, and I wasn't done, and I thought, I gotta figure out, though, this is too much. I, I can't get this done today. But that pride thing, there's certain things. <laughs> I thought, no. <laughs> I got convicted. <laughs> People who have been through it themselves, though, and are honest, are not going to be harsh and judgmental. They've been there, and go to Romans 2 while I'm saying this, and they know it's not always easy. Okay, Romans 2, 1 through 4. Um, yeah, Amplified. says, therefore, you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, whoever you are, who judges and condemns another. 
for as posing as judge and passing sentence on another, you just condemned yourself. Because you who judge are habitually practicing the very same things that you censure and denounce. And I mean, honest to God, you would not know about those things unless you were doing them. Because you would just be kind of innocent toward it. See? So, but we know that the judgment, the adverse, verse 2, verdict, the sentence of God falls justly. He's a just God. I don't care how good a friend you are of his. (laughs) No, he's not partial. No, no respecter of persons. And he falls justly in accordance with truth upon those who practice such things. I'll get this one. Verse 3, and do you think, oh, imagine, oh, man, when you judge and condemn those who practice such things, and yet you do them yourself, that you'll escape God's judgment and elude his sentence, an adverse verdict? (laughs) I mean, you know what? I wouldn't think of accusing, because I don't steal, but somebody who steals is always suspicious of other people stealing. I've seen it. I've seen that. And I go, oh, I think (laughs) they're giving themselves away. Do you see what I'm talking about? When you do things, then you think other people are doing them. Let's see, was I going to do verse 4? Yeah, I was going to. Oh, are you so blind? Verse 4. To trifle with and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of God's kindness and forbearance, he bears with you. Forbears and long suffering and patience he has with us. Are you mindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's Kindness is intended to lead you to repent. You repent easier under kindness than harshness. To change your mind and inner man to accept God's will. Well, you know what? Verse 5 says, but your callous, you know, calluses, (laughs) stubbornness and impenitence of heart, you are storing up wrath and indignation for yourself on the day of wrath and indignation when God's righteous judgment, his just doom will be revealed. I mean, it, it is just good to read all this stuff. Now, this would go right in tune with what um, Nancy Dufresne was saying. I mean, she wasn't talking about judging, though. But I, I really would appreciate it. And if not, I almost, that was one of the sermons I was actually maybe going to play it. But then I thought, yeah. Okay, so... We say this before communion a lot of times. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 31. No, the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 11. We always use this before communion. And then earlier in the chapter, it actually talks about take and eat too. So, uh, but this would be verse 31. I always start before that though. Maybe we should. Let's start with the verse uh, 
27. Verse 27. Okay, then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. And that's, there's two ways you do that. You don't discern what he did on the cross. You think, oh yeah, he died on the cross. Gosh, he was beaten a lot. And they really, they really whipped him and really did a job on him. You know, oh, poor Jesus. What did he do it for? So you could be healed. <laughs> so you could take your sins. <laughs> and then the other way that the body of Christ, it's, it's um, you're, you're um, judging the body of, of Christ. We are all the body of Christ who are born again, right? All those people, you know, you got baptized. You need to be, have been, you, you got immersed in the body of Christ. Not when you were baptized, when you got born again immediately. And some of you are hands and legs and arms. I explained all that on Sunday, right? Okay, but see, you don't discern, well, they may be my brother in Christ, but I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but see, you got to get over that. <laughs> and, you know, quit nitpicking and. <laughs> and all this stuff comes jealousy. Well, I could do that better. I can do this better than they can. I can tell you this. I've, I've heard Nancy Dufresne, and she's my pastor, and I've, I've heard her. That's why I like, because she thinks this way. She said, I have had people come to the church who were experts in the field that we wanted to hire them for. But they were not, they were not submissive. They thought they were hot stuff and they knew better than anybody how to do this and how to do that and how to do this and how to do that. She said, I would rather have somebody who had no education in it, was as dumb as a dumbbell, and I could train them because they would submit to me because you're starting you're you're taking over <laughs> yeah and that's not right and you can't people can't work with you because you think you know it all <laughs> i've seen that happen and i i went yeah and they have fired people just like that no matter they were experts at whatever they hired them for and they fired them Dr. Dufresne's a... Oh. <laughs> okay, so see what I'm talking... Okay, so verse 28. This is community. Let a man thoroughly examine himself, and only when has done so should he eat of the bread, drink of the cup. So we're discerning what Jesus did on the cross. We need to believe in healing. And what the body of Christ is my hand. It would be like... Okay, well, I don't like you, hand, so I'm going to take a knife and cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> I won't function. But see, you might be a hand in the body of Christ. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so, okay, verse 29. For anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating or recognizing with due appreciation that it really was Christ's body, eats and drinks a sentence, a verdict of judgment on himself. That careless and unworthy participation is the reason many people are weak and sickly and quiet enough of you have fallen into the sleep of death or died prematurely. 
you get, yeah. And of course, then when they put that, I go, oh yeah, I have all these symptoms lately. You know, <laughs> but you know what? I remember once I was at Neely <laughs> and Dr. Dufresne was there. And then he had found out that I was older than him. <laughs> and he went, I was in the front row and he went past me just like this. He just hit me on the shoulder and he says, oh, you must have been okay because you're still alive. <laughs> I went, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was just rough. I'll never forget. And, oh, there was a word of the Lord from the prophet. You know, I took it that way. Oh, he touched me. <laughs> But I was thinking, <laughs> well, it was true. <laughs> anyway, if we searchingly examined ourselves, detect, detecting, okay, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed by the divine judgment. But when we fall short, and are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined and chastened so that we may not... Did I look up chastened? Chastened isn't as bad as uh, it sounds there. Um, correct, he corrects you. I wonder why I'm cut down. Okay. A chastened so that we may not finally be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world. God loves us, and he wants us to be there. See, even in the world's judgment, there's mercy, right? Even in the world. What, so you can prevent in your life simply by judging yourself and not judging others. Those are two big things. Just judge yourself. Number one, judge yourself. Number two, quit judging others. Okay, so let's go to James 2. Verse 12. Mm. Yeah, the amplified. Mm -hmm. Blessed is the man who is patient under trials and stands up under temptation. It's 112, but that's, that's true too. I thought, that's why I was kind of looking. <laughs> it's a truth. Hey, don't fall to pieces. <laughs> okay, so speak and act as people should who are to be judged under the law of liberty or freedom, the moral instruction given by Christ, especially about love. For, verse 13, for to him who has shown no mercy, the judgment will be merciless. But mercy, full of glad confidence, exalts victoriously over judgment. Mercy Glories against judgment. Mercy rejoices against judgment. Judgment is going to come to the world and the great right throne judgment at the seat of Christ will someday come. 
Do you expect mercy? You can because of what Jesus has done for you and you've accepted it. You can. You'll be okay. But if, we've, if, if we receive mercy, it's only honest or right that we should show mercy to other people while we're on the earth. You know what? If God has been merciful, oh my gosh, what right have I to be hard and critical with other people? Do you, I mean, just think, sometimes think of what he's done for you. Oh, man. See, it's hypocritical. It's acting like I didn't need mercy and didn't get mercy because I'm not giving other people mercy. So in, every, in everything we do or say, we should remember we got mercy and we must give it. But, but this is, it's huge because you're going to run into stuff. And people are going to irritate you, but you, you come on, come on. <laughs> Maybe you irritated them. <laughs> And we've got to show mercy to others. And if you do not show mercy, then God can't show you mercy when he judges you. But the one who's, who's, who's given mercy can stand before God without fear. Okay. So mercy triumphs over judgment in all cases. Mercy glories and rejoices. People, will, people want to hear the positive thing. This isn't very positive, but it is is positive in a way, and sometimes you have to know. Yes, get to know who you are in Christ, but also get to know we can whoopee-doo that till, till it's greasy grace. And you know what? You've got to also be aware of what you're doing wrong. See, what would you like, mercy or judgment? That I'll tell you what, there's terrible judgment in our government right now, no justification. It's not just at all. See, be aware of what you say and do. And if you don't show mercy, you're not going to get mercy. Well, why did you treat me that way? I just don't understand it. They don't respect me. Well, you don't respect them. <laughs> and you reap what you sow. We will get what we gave, and if we judge, we will be judged. <laughs> what about Mark 11, 25 and 26? Put that up. <laughs> this was big with Kenneth Hagin, Mark 11. This is anywhere at your place of work. I mean, take it, whatever. In the grocery store, all over. Make people feel important. Okay. And when you stand praying, forgive. And you don't sit down until you do. If you want to stand there for two months, that's all right. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught, this is King James, against any. These are Jesus' words. He, he says in, in uh, Amplified, says, drop it, leave it, let it go. So forgive, drop it, leave it, let it go. That your Father, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. 
And if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. There was somebody here a long time ago, and they argued with me about that. What? What? I don't get it. You be. <laughs> I was like, what? They don't understand that? <laughs> I mean, it's just justification. You know, there was a scripture in James two uh, five nine. I wanted to. Um, James five nine. I know I'm jumping all over here, but this is this is what what the people in prison called scattershot <laughs> teaching. <laughs> But sometimes you scattershot teaching like this. They were used to like taking Mark, one little, you know, like a healing thing of a few verses and then expounding on it. That, those are two different kinds of preaching. Okay, verse 9. Let's, oh gosh, you know, Morgan Dufresne, well, at one time she uh, taught on forgiveness and she had a, she said her mom, since she was a little kid, had read that grudge book. Yeah. We still have any in the and we still have them in the bookstore. And even though it's a kid's book, it's good for us. Yeah. Yeah. I bought it. <laughs> I was gonna bring it. Okay. Yeah. Well, wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, it says grudge not against one another. Hold a grudge. Well, I hold a grudge because, okay, I'll be in position with them, but I'm better than they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I am. You know what? Pretty soon you're going to get, and you know you might even be, yeah, yeah. but they're in the position right now. <laughs> See, and that's where you've got to, grudge not against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge stands before the door. In the Amplified, it says, do not complain. Yeah. And I would say, murmur, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Yes. Look, the judge is already standing at the very door. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so. Um, good. So good. Okay. So, I mean, I want mercy, <laughs> right? And we'll get what we gave. And if we judge, we will be judged. All right. This honestly is serious stuff. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Serious business. And what if we're not forgiven? Will it affect your life? Yep. What if you're judged? Will that affect your life? Yep. Yeah. But if you show mercy when you need it, you're going to get mercy. Yeah. So be kind to people. I mean, I recommend, I'm not going to read it today, but, but Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Just read that. I mean, that's a lot. Matthew 18, you'll know what it is right away. You know, the guy borrowed money and, you know, he's, you pay me. You know, it was like few, like 18 bucks or something like that. He took his whole family and his then and, and sold them as slaves. But he owed the king of the place, what was it, 18 million dollars? <laughs> and then they, they came to pick him up because he hadn't made any payments. 
and uh, and oh, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, oh, have mercy on me, let me go, I've got a wife. And this other guy had just said that to him, sure. and he threw him in jail yeah. and split up the family and sold his kids, exactly right. you know, and then, uh, and the king didn't know that, so he gave him mercy. That, that's Jesus. See, and the other one's us, what we do to other people. And here, when the king heard it, he said, take that unrighteous servant and throw him in jail. And um, what? Till he pays the full debt. Torment. Honestly, your life becomes full of torment. Yeah, that's right. Things will break down. Now, don't, don't get, there's a curse on the earth also. If something breaks down, it might be just because it needs help. <laughs> don't, get, don't get in condemnation. But this is unusual breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> or like one time Charles Capp said, everywhere he went, his own house, he said, he had, he had to go speak somewhere. And he, he was going to use his plane. And he says, the air conditioner in their house went out. He went in the plane. The air conditioner went out. Yeah. <laughs> he landed where he was supposed to, and the air conditioner was out in the hotel. And it's like, he went, wait a minute. <laughs> so he, he started taking authority over it, and he commanded it to work, and it did. Okay, now I'm, I'm almost finished here, but that stuff is going to affect you. Actually, I'm not almost finished. Okay, so <laughs> Job, and now we're, we're not even going to put this up. You can just listen to me. Job, in Job 1.7, the Lord said to Satan, from where did you come? And Satan answered the Lord from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. Is this still going on today? Yep. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Yeah, we always say, oh, but he's toothless. Yeah, fine, but are you being a doer of the word? Because he can devour you. Don't just take that lightly. He's seeking whom he may devour. Oh, well, hey, they just heard, he's watching. There's familiar spirits watching. And they say, oh, that one time Nancy Dufresne had, there was something going on, and she had a vision. She was still in bed, and she had a vision of this, this thing was hunched right by her thing, and it was ready to pounce. And she said she had to be very careful what she said, what she did, because it was very crucial of what was going on. And I think it, it, it involved money or whatever. Her husband left her with six and a half million dollar debt with all kinds of stuff she had to take care of that she had never taken care of in her life, but she handled them all. Okay, but he's seeking someone to devour or destroy. He's the destroyer, Satan. So that, see, but it says may devour. So the devil can't just indiscriminately destroy people's life. See, there's somewhere, there's an open door. And there's people out there that are perishing from a lack of knowledge, though, even of what, even when they're Christians. Because he hates Christians, especially. 
But if they never get the teaching, that is such a trap. And I'm telling you, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is one of the most wonderful gifts God has ever given us. See, but ask yourself, what determines who he can destroy and who he can't? What is it? Being a doer of what the word of God says. And also James 4, 7, submit yourself to God. But honestly, when the rubber meets the road, you do have to. What, what, did I, what did I tell you the time we met before prison ministry? We'd always meet and pray. And I was a bawling and squalling about many years. I wasn't visibly to them. I was in my heart and not trusting God. And the guy came up to me and gave me a word. And he said, God told me you're submitting to the devil and resisting him. <laughs> and you know what? Though I appreciate it. He told me that. I went, oh, I'm sorry, God. But see, you've got to be humble enough to accept that. Well, who does he think he is? <laughs> but see, he, he was, that's a favor when somebody tells you that. <laughs> see, it's because they love you. <laughs> so they're, okay. There are Christians who are believers, they're born again, and they're going to heaven, but their lives are being devoured. They're being tormented, they're being destroyed. Is that the perfect will of God for them? Then there are others who don't experience the same destruction. And some throw up their hands and say, it's not fair. This is, isn't fair. How come they get everything? And the people are jealous of people's money sometimes because they worked. <laughs> they worked hard. <laughs> and they went out of their way. And they had integrity and good character. And they took care of things. There's certain things, and she's mentioning them, some of those things. There's certain things in our lives. You don't take care of your body. You just fill it full of junk, it's not going to last. And, um, you know, there's just, just certain things. If you just get to be a Christian, you swear all the time. You, you know, you don't, you don't try to stop things in your life when God has given you the grace. He's given you the grace to do it. I just can't stop that. Yeah, you can been there and done it. Okay, so you've got, see, you're not, you think it might be, right, I know the scripture, but are you doing the scripture? Are you submitting yourself? It's like she's saying, are you submitting your mind to thinking right things? Are you submitting your, your, uh, your, your body? Are you submitting to him and changing things in your life or just, you know, not reading the word, not listening to what I'm saying, not, you know. But, but see, there's, there's, this is a holy place. And you wonder why things happen. When you say that you are judging God, <laughs> you are judging him unfairly because he threw up, well, he doesn't ever do that. I'm mad at him. 
<laughs> That's like a little kid being mad because his folks wouldn't let him cross the street, but he's a baby. You know? Oh, there's a big truck, Mack truck coming. <laughs> you know? You're trying to protect him. God's given us this word in order to protect us on this earth from the devil. And if you don't do or look into it, you don't really know what it says. But you can look into it and be a hot shot at knowing scripture. But you got to be a doer of that scripture because you're all the more accountable to God because you know it. Now, I must say that it has to come from the head to the heart and then it's more real. But you know what? I've seen people shake a fist at God. And so this isn't right. This isn't fair to me. How come they get that? <laughs> Who's not right? He's right. When you think it's not fair, you are judging God. Do we judge God? See, that's a hugie. Job did that. Are there Christians who live... Are, uh, their lives, I mean, their lives are just being devoured and destroyed. And is it the will of God? No, it's the work of the devil. And why, why can they do that to some Christians and not others? What's the difference? The devil and his courts are going to and fro. Remember I said that scripture? Walking throughout the earth, looking to whom they may devour. He's a cruel, sadistic being and enjoys killing. He enjoys separating. He enjoys dividing. He enjoys stealing. He enjoys destroying. And, you know, he's beyond redemption. Have you ever had anybody say to you, I'm going to pray for the devil that he's... We had somebody in prison say that. And your sister, two people I know. Yeah, one was a guy in prison. I went, he's beyond that. But his sister said that. He can't change and he can't be saved. And his favorite people to destroy are Christians, are God's people. He has no mercy. He doesn't even care about the other ones. Okay, Job 1.8. And I put the scripture down. And this is a, a literal translation of Hebrew out of Young's, uh, Young's concordance thing. And, and Jehovah said to the adversary, have you set your heart, yourself, your heart, against my servant Job? Because there is none like him in the land. A man perfect and upright, fearing God and turning aside from evil. You see, God knew when he was talking to him what's on the devil's mind. Why? Because Job was a good man. Actually, people listened to Job. He was... Probably he was a billionaire. He was the richest man in the world at that time, Job. And he had a lot of clout in the city. He had a lot of wisdom. And he did it God's ways and he showed mercy to the word, to the word of God. He was an influencer of other people. You know, God couldn't take him out then. But he started to doubt God, and his, his children would have parties, and every time he did, he'd do all these sacrifices. So you can overpray or not trust 
You know what? And that, you know what? That was why the devil was able to get into their lives. Because you, you know what? See, he did not trust the Lord. That's another thing. You've got to trust him. God knows our hearts. And he looks at our hearts. You've got to submit to this word. You've got to know what's in there. You've got to know you. But there's a lot of things to know. But it's possible. And we help each other. And if anybody is merciful, it's God. But see, okay. The devil gets judgment against us. Whose fault it is? It's ours. <laughs> but thank God we have an answer. Now turn to 2 Timothy 2, and I'll almost be done. 20. 2 Timothy 2. Now, some of this verse, I said this verse once, but it said, but in a great house, like just say in a church, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware, some for honorable and noble use, and some for menial and ignoble use. But, but so, okay, so they never read the next verse, though. And they said to me, yeah, there's that kind in, the, in a church and the other kind. But, you know, you're always going to have those two kinds. And I said, did you read the next verse? So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating, corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. So I'm going to keep reading. Shun youth. See, he's telling you what to do. This is the advice of the Bible. Shun youthful lust. Flee from them. Oh, no, let's live together. Everybody lives together. You got to check each other out before you get married. That's what they teach you in school. Oh, they teach you worse things than that now. <laughs> Shun youthful lusts and flee from them. Aim at and pursue righteousness. All that is virtuous and good and right living, conformity to the will of God in your thoughts, thoughts, in your words, in your deeds. And aim at and pursue. Pursue means to chase after. Chase after faith, chase after love, chase after peace and harmony and concord with others in fellowship with all Christians who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Hang around with them. Hang around with those. But refuse and shut your mind against. Have nothing to do with trifling, ill-informed unedifying, <laughs> stupid controversies over ignorant questionings, for you know that they foster strife and breed quarrels. Well, I just wonder about this scripture. You know, I'm dying of cancer, and I'm trying to teach you about healing, 
but you want to know about Revelation. <laughs> and the servant, okay, for the next verse. And the servant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome, fighting and contending. Instead, he must be kind to everyone and mild-tempered, preserving the bond of peace. He must be a skilled and suitable teacher, patient and forbearing, and willing to suffer wrong. He must correct his opponents with courtesy and gentleness. <laughs> no. In the hope that God may grant that they will repent and come to know the truth that they will perceive and recognize and become accurately acquainted with and acknowledge what they're doing, and that they may come to their senses and escape out of the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him, henceforth to do God's word. Oh, you know what? Uh, even that, you start with verse 3, it's understand in the last days will come and said in perilous times, we are in the most perilous times in the history of the church. Perilous means harsh, savage, difficult, dangerous, painful, fierce, grievous, hard to deal with, a society barren of virtue, but abounding in vices. We've never, wow, I never thought I'd be alive with that scripture. I used to read it all the time, but here we are. And it tells us they'll be lovers of themselves. Self-centered, they don't care. Lovers of money. See, but the money will come to us because we're not, we're not putting it in first place because God knows what we'll do with it. You know, say, the, see, if you, okay, the love confession. Let's actually, you can put up 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and we'll stop with this. Out of the Amplified. <clears throat> see, Actually, verse, that's in um, 13, 4 through 8. It actually says, though, in 14, 1, to eagerly pursue and acquire this love and make it, make it your aim, make it your great quest. <laughs> make a quest. You mean you run after it. Run after this thing with love. Okay, let's read it out of here. And I'm not going to, we'll just read it. Love, okay, always started out, the love of God abides in me and abounds in me, and it's shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. That's in Romans 5.5. 5. Don't look at what I, she's saying there, because this is the way I say it. Therefore, now you can start. Verse 4, love endures, puts up with long, and it puts up with something very long. It's patient. It's crabby. No. <laughs> it's kind. <laughs> what does it say? Kind? <laughs> kind. And it's never envious. Nor boils over with jealousy. Yeah. It's not boastful about its own cocky self. <laughs> you get into arrogance when you do that. You get arrogant. Oh, man, I got definitions on the... Oh. Prideful... Okay, 
It's never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious and does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly. You have to stop and think about that. Unmannerly, rude, and does not act Okay, judge not, though maybe you're doing the same thing. <laughs> and it does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, it doesn't insist, wow, this is big, on its own rights. <laughs> well, I got the right to do this. <laughs> it doesn't insist on its own rights or its own way, for it's not self, me, 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 seeking. <laughs> it's not touchy. Selah. <laughs> Think on that one. It's not touchy. It's not fretful. It's not resentful. Well, you got to meditate on that, though. It takes no account of the evil done to us. <laughs> well, did you hear the way you talked to me? It takes no account of the evil done to me. Well, that's not, I mean, this is in the Bible. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes now, here's a biggie, too. It's ever ready to believe the very, 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 very best of every single person. And then its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances because you're going to reap and it endures everything without weakling, weakening and we added grumbling or complaining. I actually looked the word up grumble once and it said the voices in the Webster Dictionary. It said the voices of demons. Okay, so if you love, you reap love. And if you judge, you reap judgment. And remember Jesus said in John 8, 15, you set yourself up to judge according to the flesh by what you see. You condemn by external human standards. Yeah. And then Jesus said, I do not set myself to judge or condemn or sentence anyone. And he did say this. I see he, what he meant, and I got revelation when I, okay, um, maybe we should go there. John, go to John 8, 15 and 16, and this is it. Honest to God. It's really and truly it. John 8. See, I keep seeing that on judge no man after the flesh. If they're your brothers and sisters and you know they're born again and spirit-filled, and then you see them do something wrong, you're judging after the outside, the flesh. Ooh. Because Jesus did not do that. Uh, okay, Matthew 8, 15. 
I mean John. I said yeah, the wrong, John. yeah, John, John 850. John. Okay, let's read it out of King James first. Yeah. You judge, he's telling them, you're, you're judging after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. In other words, he was, he was listening to the voice of the Father. Get it out of, let's get it out of the Amplified. He was talking to the Pharisees. You set yourself up to judge according to the flesh by what you see. And he's telling us right there we're not supposed to do that. You condemn by external human standards. I do not set myself up to judge or condemn or sentence anyone. Yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. My decision is right. For I'm not alone in making it because there are two of us. I am the Father who sent me. Now, there is a, that's it, but there is an area there. Yeah, there's a fine line on that one. Um, you, you don't, but if you're just, you know, like, okay, so people saw somebody go in a bar one night, and they went in there to get somebody out. And they saw them, they were driving past, and they started gossiping. And the next morning, that person was in church, and they gave a word from the Lord. Oh, I'm not going to believe his word. I saw him at the bar, going into the bar last night. They went there to minister to pull somebody out of there because they were drunk. Yeah. Or even if they did go in there, maybe they repented. See? So you got, there's, there's fine lines on that one. Now, like Sherry and I, in school, she, she was missing money in her purse. And the one time she saw him, saw this kid right in her purse, she caught him. Oh. Oh, your whole billfold. Ooh. Yes, I remember it was in the office. It was old, old. Uh huh. Yeah. How could you make an excuse? And you know, but sometimes those kids would say to you, "Now, what if he say?" Don't judge me. Ah, now, that, that's re stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's common sense. So I, it doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you kid somebody in the act of something. You do judge that. <laughs> so don't get over carried away for this, okay? Amen. Thank you, Father, for the word of God, Lord. Uh, we pray that the fruit will remain from this in me and all these people here tonight and anybody else who's listening on, on, uh, online. So, Father, but you're such a good God, yeah. And Lord, you told us all these things in your word because you love us so much and you want us, us to, sh to show us how we can resist the devil, that we can submit to you and resist the devil. It's because you taught us these things, Lord. They're right in your word. So, Father, thank you for your mercy and your love. And even though sometimes we have done those things, we're so quick to repent. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins and openly admit it, I did it. And not say, oh, well, 
I had this excuse. Lord, I had this excuse. And no, Lord, you saw it. And thank God we can do that privately with you, Lord. That is such a blessing. That we can openly admit our sins. But it says if we do that, you are faithful to us. You are just to us to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness to restore us right back into right fellowship with you. And we praise you and we thank you for it. God, what a blessing we still have in that repentance and all the mercy that you show us, God, and you take that sin. I know you took all of our sins from the time we got born again, from the time we were born to the time we got born again, and you, you, don't, you, you don't know them. You, don't, you cast them into a sea of forgetfulness. But even now when we confess our sins, it says in your word that you cast that sin into a sea of forgetfulness when we ask you for forgiveness. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the mercy. Thank you for your word. Thank you that the Holy Ghost inside of us is there to remind us, hey, don't, don't say that. Stop that. Stop that whole conversation. Stop it. You go, oh, okay. So I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit, Lord God. And we don't want to grieve him. It says, actually, in Ephesians, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and evil speaking but be put away from us with all malice and ill will. <laughs> and then it goes on, that's in 3, and it goes on to 4.1, Ephesians 4.1, and it says, and imitate our Heavenly Father. So thank you, Father, we are capable, or you wouldn't have said that. And you said, and, and Peter, you said, be holy as I am holy, God, and we want to strive for that. So thank you for the precious Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit that live in us and that he reminds us of these things that we have said tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. So, uh, it was good for me too. <laughs>